Hi, I'm Karen. I am an empathic witch, heart-centered card slinger, mother of two boys, queen of three, and besties with Rochelle. Hi, I'm Rochelle. I'm a mentor, choreographer, Reiki master, and besties with Karen. We have been friends for over 15 years and have decided to intentionally continue our journey into healing, sharing our experiences, and hoping what we discover will resonate with you. Welcome to our podcast, Co-Excavating the Collective. Our second mission is All or Nothing. After our last recording, we went to the park for a little decompression and a lot of big dreaming. That is when we arrived at today's topic. We spent about six weeks diving into this work individually while being sure to check in with one another along the way. And today we're going to have an active dialogue about what we've experienced and learned and why all or nothing is something we wanted to excavate. So I'm going to start by asking Karen, how are you doing today? We can just keep it to today or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Today I'm good. Today I'm good. Just got through a weekend with a wedding. So decompressing and I'm just happy to be here. Me too. How are you? Uh, today I'm good. <laughs> also had a really busy weekend with people in town and a birthday barbecue. Oh, fun. And it was just like, it was really full of love, but like, be I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> or I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yep. tired. <laughs> same, same. Um, okay, let's get started. So yeah. you were having some thoughts on finding um, a baseline within extremes of all or nothing. And uh, I'm wondering if you could talk about that for a bit. Yeah, so kind of a minimum baseline. And that's with... Like, what what does a baseline mean to you? Baseline to me means that I am functional. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Functional, grounded, and present. I think those are, that would be the trifecta of baseline and those can kind of interchange and move in and out of focus, if that makes sense. Um, um, the thing that I've noticed for myself within baselines and basic needs is um, that, oh, basic needs, yeah. right? So kind of when we started this whole project the next day I woke up and was like holy shit I I had to go to work and I'm thinking about everything that I had to do not just at work but like in my life and doing the key up the key up the key up right because it's a work day and I'd get ah! and yeah. um, I was in the shower and out loud was like okay calm down what do you need right now thank you Thank you for clarifying that for me. <laughs> I was having a moment there. Because <laughs> it's overwhelming. Like, wait, what does, what does it mean again? <laughs> well, and, and so, yeah, what what is that for you? Because I, I will happily talk more about me in a minute, but. Yeah, for me, it's getting up before Leo, at least. Um, generally, D'Angelo is the one that wakes me up. So he is with me while I'm creating my baseline needs yeah and um hygiene right doing an oil pull getting the coffee going a little bit of yoga and um abdominal physical therapy grounding so am I hearing that there's like ritual in establishing your baseline 
Yes. It's all to do with ritual and integrating, um, integrating magic, integrating, um, movement. Movements become key. I've been really getting into like auric dancing, which is (laughs) super fun. (laughs) I mean, if you watched me do it, it would just look like I'm improving, but I do it with the intention of like clearing, um, debris out of my auric field and like pushing it down into the earth. But it just looks like improvisational modern dance. And that's been really um, helpful to me. Also, I created a morning playlist. So that's been nice. Like instead of turning the TV on the news right away in the morning, I've got my, my jams playing and I'm dancing and oil pulling and journaling. I kind of have like a mashup of different things that I do and... It's just finding the consistency in that. And then if there's not time, what's what's the priority, right? The priority would be like, okay, hygiene and coffee and grounding, <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's yeah. um, like the setup in the morning is key. If that setup sure. in the morning isn't there, then it kind of sets me up for the rest of the day. Oh. Um, so being really intentional and focused and prior- prioritizing the time and space to create, to create a good starting point. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Thanks. I had no idea you were auric dancing and now I want to try it because <laughs> it just sounds like I can do it. It doesn't sound like a thing I need to study that someone has to teach me that I can. It's like Matt, like we were talking about in our last podcast, like creating your own access point to your own magical routines. That's so cool. Yes. I'm going to yes. circle back to what I was talking about before of that day right after we did our last recording where I was like okay it's time to work on all or nothing so I'm gonna do all this and then was like oh crap like I I'm doing things like pushing through hunger yeah I know that's a big one for I think a lot of us um Mm -hmm. and what I've learned for myself in that is that there was probably some point in my life where that basic need wasn't being met, right? Um, Which isn't, like, a fault on anybody. Like, you don't always know what it means when your baby's crying, right? You have to try, like, 85 things, and sometimes, I don't know. Yeah. But, so, yeah, pushing through hunger, things like that, or, like, it's not, I was journaling about this. It's not like I wasn't taught to brush my teeth or wash my face at the end of the day, but it's about placing enough value on myself, loving my skin suit enough and like adulting and parenting myself and really meeting my basic needs. It was like so mind blowing. Um, and And yeah, it was so mind blowing. And then as the day was continuing, so I was like, I'm taking an apple. Like, pat myself on the back <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> gold star gold on star. the chart <laughs> but, it's, but too it's like oh if I didn't have time to sit down and eat that apple when I'm at home like take that shit with you yeah and when you get wh- where you're going eat that fucking apple and yeah. I don't care if you have a business meeting eat your apple in the business meeting exactly you need to meet your own basic needs not at anybody else's expense yes which is something I think that came up for you Yes, but I wanted to kind of um, pinpoint something because on our last podcast, we closed with you talking about your root chakra Mm. 
and all of that, like, right, existing here on this earth, <laughs> mm-hmm, basic mm-hmm. needs. So you've, like, hey, good hey, job. thanks, friends. Good job doing the work. That was a big day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to recognize thank that. Because, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The sacrifice, pe- yeah, like yep. other people's needs being placed. Bef- and well, and it's, it's. I think you know, really easy to point at the example of you being a parent. I can point to examples of the business meeting or my partner, or I was watching someone recently, like literally starve themselves because they didn't want to spoil the dinner we were about to have. And I was like, just eat a fucking snack. Right. It's just like, I invite you to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and so much of it is conditioning, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of times for women or identifying women or mothers, it's expected for our comfort and our, um, basic needs to be set aside for everybody around, for the sake of everybody around us. Which like ties into the martyr complex you yes. were talking about last time. Yes. Sorry. I, yeah, I no, I don't be sorry. You, no, no, it's true. Cause it all relates back to that and doing that work and be like, well, if I'm not first, then there's going to be a whole resentment unpacking to do if I'm not put first. So, um, uh-huh. okay. So, yeah. I mean, we're kind of, Segwaying. I want to say like, I know we're not actually using the words all or nothing right now, but it's interesting what came out of just applying that particular lens, like right at the beginning, right out the gate, you and I were both noticing baseline and basic needs. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so, um, well, and this ties into our next topic. So, Rochelle, you came up with a metaphor about caring for other people versus caring for yourself. Um, can you talk about that <laughs> and what you mean since we're already diving in? Yeah. <laughs> so, Karen and I were on the phone one day doing one of these check-ins, um, being really intentional about our all or nothing and sharing stories about things that had set us off or been going on during the week and think we were both a little pissed off that day or I might might have been feeling a little rub um (laughs) and like this the image or the idea of um when you're on the plane and they say to put your own oxygen mask on before you put them on your children or younger people with you and how like they don't actually ever say to put it on other adults around you. (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically, each uh, able-bodied adult should be able to put their own oxygen mask on. And I think I was feeling probably like I was running around in a crashing plane, putting everyone else's oxygen masks on first or like, People were asking me to, and I was like, ah, oh, and you know, so that was that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right. And were you breathing? Yeah. (laughs) Where was your oxygen at? Where was mine? Yeah. 
so for me, that ties into just kind of knowing when to say yes and no. And really, it, it all comes back to baseline, like simplifying things because it's so simple, like knowing when to say yes and when to say no and how that feels in your body when yeah. something comes up and trying to release um, entanglement with obligation and kind of messy feelings of being beholden to somebody. That's something that I've been really unwinding is that feeling of like, oh, you did something for me. Therefore, like you're expecting something from me in return and you're letting me know that you are expecting something in return when in reality it shouldn't be like that. It should be kind it should just be a nice ebb and flow of giving and receiving without this kind of expectation like if something was going to come with a um what am, what word am I looking for if something was going to come with a stipulation then maybe yeah. the answer should have been no oh right yeah like if it's not a yes with your whole body and your whole self and you're fully committed yeah then it's a no yeah or if it's not a yes without expectation of what you're going to receive on the back end it's a no. I think demonstrate, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting because this, like, directly feeds into the next thing we're going to talk about. Right. But, um, <laughs> like, I, I wonder then, too, if, oh, my gosh, yeah, you know, when we're engaging in those dynamics and relationship and the setup and all those juicy you know, like, like if I'm actually living my yes and no. Yeah. What setups am I avoiding or just like not engaging or entangling with? And yeah. I well, and how do you even get to that point? Right. Because it's easy to sit here and talk about, well, it's, if it's not a yes with your whole body, then it's a no, but it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily walk out the door and start doing that. It's a whole learning curve. And unwinding all the shit that you grew up with or that you were taught or that was laid upon you by society. Like, so, there's so much. There's, I think there's a, there's a baseline in here, too. I think that there's, like, a middle. Because I think what, what I've been finding with the all or nothing is that sometimes the middle is actually better for me. Well, usually it should be. <laughs> so I had, I have this... Um, wonderful coworker and like amazing friend who once said to me with some things you you only know when you want it more than you don't ah right so there's like if we're at 50 percent is it like actually a 60 percent like I need to cancel that appointment or reschedule or or ask somebody different for help. Like, right. <laughs> like if it's yes. A 60%, maybe that's enough. Right. You know? I like that. It's, yes. It relieves a lot of pressure for me in terms of. Yes and no. Yes and no. Well, and I, I was doing that shit yesterday, <laughs> texting you. Yeah. Like, I just really don't want to go to my therapy type appointment tomorrow like I just need that time I don't need us to feel fettered by me being out the door at a certain time and like 
how do I do this? Karen, I'm like having Karen proofread my text message, right? Like it was so crazy. <laughs> I, this is a service I'm paying for. I'm within the cancellation policy. Like it's my, <laughs> you know, and of course my person was so lovely about it once I, I sent it. But it, that was just a huge hurdle for me to even speak up for my needs in my own way in my healing process. I was like almost in tears when she was like, it's all good. You're great. Like, <laughs> go be well. Do you? You know, like I and I, I, I wanted to cancel more than I didn't. It, right. And I got stuck in not making a full body yes about it. Well, I and knew. I think part of it came from, I mean, because the concept of respecting and honoring others time mm-hmm. and, a, and a professional's time, someone that does this work for pay. That's and true. Blocked out the time for you. I mean, you had all that I going on too, which is good. I mean, that <laughs> kind of obligation is good. So also finding like, where is it right necessary to just have fucking manners, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> So there's that dynamic too, but when it comes to your oh health, my God, that is a loud city truck. Sorry, Sorry. About that. <laughs> when it comes to your health, yeah, when it comes to your health though and your well-being and what your basic needs are, like you needed time. So, so I I took it. Yeah, you know, fuck yeah. it. It's a it's a dump truck. I'm gonna leave the windows <laughs> open. Okay? okay, we're embracing our imperfections here. That's right, and we <laughs> live in the city. Yeah, like Mark. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. Oh well, and I'm just gonna get back on track a little bit when we were talking about like byproducts of um not managing our own yes and no and <sighs> our obligations and entanglements. And I read in some of your journaling. Um, things about having rage and like how or where to direct it. And I'm curious more about what you're learning with what to do with that. Yeah. So it's still very much a learning curve because personally, I don't really know how to express anger or rage in a healthy way and it's kind of an emotion that's been repressed for a really long time so um I think specifically after having had children and maybe a shift in hormones and a shift of you know all of it like your whole everything's different it just things come up that have maybe been dormant since I was a child Mm. And since Mm -hmm. now I have them in the world, there's like a manifestation that's happening that, um, you know, it's woken up. Um, So I had, I have a very dear friend that's been helping me with this and her whole thing is flipping it, finding a Mm -hmm. way to flip it in a way that you can control it. Like you can take all of that and you can direct it into something usually like an art project or- yes like into a physical activity oh, okay. or or into a physical project usually it's a physical manifestation because you need to like with rage specifically it really needs an outlet and it needs a channel so kind of finding the right channel that is in alignment with you I'm still finding mine I'm not gonna have any illusions that I've figured it out because I'm still figuring out when it comes up why it mm. why it comes up and what's the real root cause of it and what i've discovered is a, so much of it is around control 
controlling my environment so I feel safe. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a really big one. So, so the, the anger comes out from a place of needing control of my environment. And I have two, two small children. And you, you don't control small children. <laughs> you direct them like you need to direct your rage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's hard to really explain how it happens. But I did discover that it comes from a need to control my environment to feel safe. Well, and the the rage piece comes from not necessarily feeling safe all the time. Okay. So I could see how some people can relate to that on a really deep level cuz that probably points to some specific time in your life when you were younger where you didn't feel safe. Right. Right. So kind of just so, so much of what's been excavated of late is really discovering where the triggers are for it and like why that specific thing is setting me off because it's not usually really a big deal. You know, yeah. a lot of it circles around if a mess has been made that I'm upset about or if, um, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Control. Control. All control. It's all circles back to control for me. So, so I, that's yeah. really helpful. I appreciate you sharing what you're doing there and like what you've been working on with your other dear friend. Yeah. Um, just thank you. Like I can use my creativity and my magic in order to do something with this thing where I don't know where to put it. Because like I, a few months ago had a very dear friend who's also a healer that Karen and I both work with say, and I I might've brought this up in the last podcast too, that my rage has been the mask I wear over my rage is depression. Mm. And you were talking about being exhausted, right? Like carrying that around is so exhausting and that's what depression does. And I know I'm not the only person that, that does that, but I really figured it out actually within like the last week or two. Like I was, I was so exhausted to the point where I was like needing to take personal hours for my health at work. And I started thinking something was like really, really wrong with me. I was like, maybe I need to go to the doctor. Like I don't, I, I was really worried. Um, and then by like day three, Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then by day three, um, I was like angry. I was like, <laughs> what is that? Oh, like maybe this is just my body's way of like really teaching me what these two look like, like what my depression actually, like I had never, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes, it makes perfect sense. I was like, oh, that's what she was talking about when she was telling me this back in January or March or whenever that <laughs> session was, you know, like. It took that many months to land. Wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and then I started freaking out because I didn't know what to do with my anger. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my God, now I know it. 
Yeah. We're naming it. We're framing it. What do we do about it? And so that idea, you know, that I, well, shit, I've been creative with my depression for 34 years. Or no, I don't know. However long I've had it and for Mm. however long I've been creative, like intentionally. Yeah. With an outlet. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious because we're talking, I, um, the exhaustion piece that you brought up that I think, um, I was struggling with cause right. Directing rage, like unintentionally is really tiring and not really useful or it's good. Hurt- and it's hurtful to other people. Exactly. But I'm wondering if part of the depression mask is also that of like fatigue, mm-hmm. like fatigue oh, totally. from like not processing it out. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, like, yeah, the bottling of the anger transmutes like, into depression because you're exhausted from holding it in. Yeah. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, because just just like you, like anger was not um, an expressible emotion in certain ways in my youth, but like crying was okay. Right. Like being sad. Yes. So there's that learned behavior, too, of, like, well, you can't do this, so you do this with it. Right. So the tears come out right. for everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. And, like, I'm in my 30s, and my eyes don't shrink it after that crying as fast as they used to. So right. I'd be, like, looking a mess <laughs> for a full day. So... I I prefer to make an art project and get my anger out. Thank right. you, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like real. I'm like, ooh, girl. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. So something else um, that I've noticed in your journaling is that you talk about how much of this work that we are doing is learning through relationship. Because it is. Mm -hmm. So what have you noticed about that? Okay. (laughs) So there's the... I... It's... Nothing new. Okay. (laughs) But it feels new Uh as we're being intentional about this work. Like, um, that we're drawn to people that help us replay our patterns And that can feel really terrifying, especially when you're looking at your destructive behavior and, like, ways you manipulate people in your relationships to get what you want or ways that you uh, blame or disassociate or make – or other, like, do othering. Ooh, that's a good one. Other Mm -hmm. your problem onto somebody else or, like, really good at manipulating situations into making it so it's, like, actually not my fault. Partner, <laughs> my partner, yeah, like he's you know, he and I are really good at that, yeah. Ooh. Um, we're working on it, but uh, and that terrified me when I really started looking back through my life and my childhood and thinking, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm in all these relationships and they're all fucked. <laughs> Right. But that's like, so it's not true because right. that's just perpetuating the problem. If I'm like, well, this dynamic reeks of the past, I'm out. Like <laughs> right. that's not right. So yeah, naturally with this work, some relationships will fall away, but I feel like, like 
the people that are really on the journey with you will it'll they'll just stay with you and I feel like you know I'm in a I'm in a committed monogamous relationship right yeah I am married that is the structure of our marriage yeah and I don't want that marriage to end because I love this person and I'm so grateful for them so it's like okay taking responsibility for my own shit right (laughs) really recognizing when I'm slipping into some sort of behavior that I learned to practice while I was growing up to like get attention or get a reaction or yeah (laughs) yeah right um so the 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 question is like growing in them so this kind of transitions into something you were talking about with observation right there's like observing the other and observing the self and yes that was yeah coming up for you that, in your relationships yes yes taking the role of the observer and it's it's interesting to observe while participating but doing it in a way that's as neutral as possible <laughs> I mean neutral doesn't necessarily exist in relationships Um, so observation that, yes, I was doing that a lot, like in the beginning of our journaling practice for this specific topic and observing others behaviors, like people I'm in relationship with, like my spouse or, you know, mother, friends, everybody, and kind of just taking note of it and then taking note of what it feels like for me. Um, and really the key for me was releasing judgment around it. Like even observing myself and like being accountable to certain, um, right. Shadow type things like the role in how you try to skew something. So it's not my fault Mm -hmm. or how you try to like maybe withhold comment or or affection or um information in a way that's like coming from a place of having a like retaliation yeah retaliation um and I'm like super passive aggressive so I'm like the worst like it's (laughs) seriously the worst I'm I'm not fun to be I'm not fun to be around when I'm in that retaliatory mood because I will just be silent and glaring at you from across the room. But anyway. Well, I, I'm going to, something you said to me is you were observing a person that you're in relationship with make a choice Ah, that you you. were like, no, no, no. Don't you, what are you doing making that choice? Like, boom. Yes. Um, and then stepping back and being like, okay, actually, this is their habit. This is their pattern. Like, this is. Yes. Thank you. Because I was having kind of like a brain fart there. So <laughs> thanks for coming back for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Like witnessing someone you care deeply about making choices that you know are not in alignment with their highest good. And knowing that they're not the choices that they actually really desire to be making. And. And, but observing it in a way, like, from a loving place, like, from a heart space place, like, I'm not placing judgment, it's just noticing it and feeling kind of sad about it and wanting so badly to, like, do something about it or push, like, but you can't 
all you can do is raise the vibration with yourself and lead through example, right? Like I can control me. So what am I going to do? C word again. Control. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Got to call it. <laughs> no, it's true. But like, it's good to have control over yourself and your own emotions yeah. and then how you react to other people. Like that kind of control is good. Healthy, healthy, <laughs> healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries, healthy control. <laughs> um, and just really f- bringing the focus back in, like you said, instead of projecting it out. Because just because I'm observing this person maybe not always making the best choices or making the choices that I know specifically that they have said they don't want to make anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Recognizing that, hey, you know what? I do it too. <laughs> maybe in different ways. Yeah. You know, maybe not in the same ways. And... Oh my God, because totally I am not better than this person. Do you know what I mean? Because there's that mirror aspect of it too, where like if you're stepping back and watching someone and getting all judgy pants about it, it's like, well, whoa, bitch, system check. Yeah. Like, how am I dishonoring myself and my path by making this decision right now? Right. I need to be honoring my path. And sometimes on my path, there's like a boulder and I see it coming (laughs) and I walk right into it anyway instead of going around it or over it. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because this. Because it ties Directly plays into. So when I'm like about, I'm like. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. I'm going to make the same choice. I'm going to make the same choice. And I'm going to make the same choice in relationship. <laughs> um, boop, boop. Which I know ends in a fight or like, right? It, oh, my God. Something. So dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and you were journaling about this specifically and um, calling it a spinoff pattern. And I am curious if you could explain what you mean by spinoff pattern and you know, what, what you've noticed about your own. Yeah. So this, there was, there's been a few specific situations. (laughs) Just a couple. Just a couple. Um, so spinoff to me is like actively engaging with someone else's actual pattern. Thus it's kind of spinning into your own pattern. Because we seek people out that reflect relationship patterns that were cut, right? Like we were just talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, like kind of getting caught up in someone else's sort of tornado, like mm. their, their spin and, but allowing it to happen. <laughs> thus it's like yours. So it's like spinoff is kind of like a funny term for it, but that's just what came to me when I was journaling. Cause it's not really like my experience of it is my own pattern. Right. But also recognizing that it's the boulder, right? I see it coming. I see what's happening. And I just go ahead and run full speed ahead anyway. And And then get pissed off at other people (laughs) at the boulder. I'm like, screw you, boulder. You should have moved. Right? Or like, (laughs) well, I think part of it's like not necessarily having the, I don't, not wherewithal, but like not necessarily knowing how to find the other path. I think because And I know the feeling of being trapped is not real. Like, I know that in my brain. But I think when it comes to patterns in relationship, it's really hard to find, okay, how do we just, how do we continue in this 
relationship yes. without getting caught up into the bullshit dynamics yes. that suck and make it like full of suffering and resentment and irritation, you know, and blame. You just reminded me of something. And blame, you know. And for me, a lot of it was really being accountable for my role in it. It's like, you know what? I made a decision. So I need to, you know, it's like I can be upset at this other person and what they do and their thing that they do. But I I participated in that. So what role did I have, A, in contributing to their pattern and, like, not doing what's in alignment for their highest good and my highest good? Not necessarily taking responsibility for their right. shit but like I mean or it, it it's not in service once, of anybody right. right like once you're once you're checking your own shit like this I was journaling about and I didn't write it down on our topics but I'm going to talk about it anyway yeah. because um I, oh I keep having it and then losing it so when you're in check for yourself, oh, dude, in this work, yeah, fuck, <laughs> we're like all or nothing. Um, yeah. I've noticed that in this particular scenario, like maybe when we're dealing in a dysfunctional pattern that's mm-hmm. that's not in, yeah. in flow, um, that's like really codependent, because generally it is, that when I've started to actually just check my own shit, because that's mm. all I can do. Right. It's like whatever, because sometimes people's path on their highest good is like, they don't want to walk it, you know, oh, you know, also I mean? true. Like, yeah. They, they, and that's fine. Yeah. And they're like going to just hit the same boulder and like, that's fine. Like, that's fine. Yeah. That's not, yes. I got my own boulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But shit amplifies. So like if I'm moving out of patterns that feel toxic for me. I've watched other people in my life, like, their reaction starts ramping up and amplifying, and their dynamic just keeps pushing harder and harder and harder and harder, and sometimes they get me back, you know, and I'm like, right. ooh, okay, like, you did it, like, that was the one, <laughs> and I let it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or, and I'm finding, too, like, after kind of, there's like this really intense amplification like things mellow out for a bit because the relationship dynamic is shifting you know what I mean yeah it's like it's uncomfortable like I'm stretching and stretching hurts and makes me sore and then like I've reached a new flexibility so that stretch is oh, it. that's so good thank you that was really good. as painful anymore yeah you know that was really good because yeah. I don't want to lose the people I care about Right. And it doesn't have to be, yeah. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing with, that's the thing with relationship. And it's like, everybody's got their bullshit. Yeah. And everyone brings some sort of bullshit to the table, Mm -hmm. no matter who you are or how hard you're doing the work or whatever. Well, and it's fascinating too. Sorry, because this is something you were talking about. Yeah. In our last podcast, like generational issues Uh, and lineage and all of that. So I've found it helpful for me to keep that in mind. Mm. So like yeah. somebody else's lineage, right? Like my grandmother who's no longer with us, but like survived the depression. Like that's going to influence her generational situation and what parts of that trickle down to me. 
Ah, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. So just trying to keep that in mind when I'm working with the people that I love and care about in my daily life. I mean, I don't always remember to do that. <laughs> well, there's just, in general, I'm so much shit, so much shit to remember all the time yes. to do. And like, meanwhile, humaning, like humaning and being an activist and yeah. right. Like supporting, uh, populations of people that don't have as much privilege as us also. Why do yes. I bring that up every time? Because I have to. Well, right. It's, it's important. Table. It needs to be on the table always. And, it, and, and I think lineage actually. Lineage yeah. actually directly impacts that conversation. Yes. yes. Ancestral suffering. Ancestral yeah. pain. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. <laughs> explosive patterns okay let's talk about them all right you've been <laughs> you've been working a lot in your healing sessions with an expression you use called blowing the lid off <laughs> can you talk about what that expression is and what you've been learning, learning. Yeah. yeah um okay so my phrase around blowing the lid off <laughs> is about kind of what we've been talking about like you were talking about like the setup to situations right and like you know that situation's gonna blow yeah right or like an example I can give not necessarily mine but like you know you're fed up with your job so you just like walk in and quit without having a plan (laughs) (laughs) like fuck it I'm out blowing the lid off out of anger right yeah a place of anger or like you know, making these really drastic, sweeping, uh, reactionary decisions um, that can be catastrophic. And there are different types of these patterns. Like one is the one I'm talking about where you um, react. Another one is like, maybe you were a person that was brought up in a household where like if you know, and and this is true for all children on some level, but like if you burned your hand on the radiator, that was an emergency situation that was going to get you attention. Did uh, you intentionally burn your hand on the radiator uh, to, to get, get attention? Okay. Or um, okay. did you learn that help would arrive? Ah, uh, that one. If you went through a catastrophe, <sighs> right, and that you wouldn't be alone. And so, you know, and this isn't true. I just had a quick coffee date with one of our friends before we started recording. And she was like, also reminder that that's not everybody. (laughs) Like there are people that walk through the world that don't need trauma or drama or whatever to blow the fucking lid off their lives. Like they just don't have that. I was like, thank you. (laughs) That's right. Those people do exist. And I want to acknowledge them and honor them and like. Fuck yeah. Yeah, get it. <laughs> so that's kind of what that is. Um, yeah, so uh, this is something we were talking about too that, like, there's an, you can obliterate everything. Yeah. Right? And just like blow it up. Oh, yeah. So I had this little line come to me that's like about learning to integrate and like step back and slow down instead of obliterate so learning to integrate not obliterate and so you were talking about oh pause because I had yeah. I have a friend that actually wrote up a wrote up a blog specifically about finding the pause um 
And I think that's the most challenging part is really like pausing, like before the reaction, Mm -hmm. before something you feel like it has to explode, like just step back. Slowing, slowing down because everything doesn't have to be fast and instant and constantly moving all the time. And I think, you know, the challenge of the pause is it calls, calls you to be present and present with whatever you're feeling in that moment, present with discomfort, present with all of it you know Mm -hmm. trying to navigate okay I'm present with all this stuff now what where do I go from here am I gonna gonna go in a direction that's destructive or am I gonna go in a uh, a direction that's healing and productive you know but if you know if what you're used to doing is one way and you're used to the cataclysmic shifts coming from a space of trauma or from things being completely destroyed first help arriving right it's like this is how I get help it needs to be an emergency situation this is how I get help so yeah you know defining crisis defining emergency we've been talking about redefining emergency if someone's not like bleeding or dying or you know what I mean yeah like what is a real catastrophe yes yes and when and and also learning how to trust in not being alone mm-hmm. all the time when it's not like a physical emergency. It's like, okay, but I have the support. I have emotional support. The emotional support is there. It doesn't need to be a catastrophe for me to receive it. Right. Which we were talking about too. Um, like, but also you and I have been like trying harder to actually manage our own emotional well-being and not like flip out and text you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah we because we respect each other's space and we respect each other's time and emotional needs in terms of healing and I think that we had some really like awesome moments about that yeah before I went on vacation of just like or and and when you were on vacation and I was like I'm not texting yeah yeah right like Mm -hmm. girl needs her boundaries I am part of the life that she needs to just like not be near yeah right now yeah. Um, so that was big for me. Mm-hmm. And the, the pause for me, what it, what it, what it's helping me do is get out of my spin of my fight or flight. So I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Emergency. 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 Whoa. Stop. Not an emergency. Yeah. yeah. Full stop. <laughs> not an emergency. And you have time. Like I, like I've got time to work on my marriage. Right. Like, I, you know, like, I don't have to run home and be like, we had a fight and now, oh my God, that's the end of everything. Like, we've got time. And like, find the solutions. Okay. And I'd rather spend the time now while I have a lot of time of life still in front of me, theoretically. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So I can reach that place. When there are less years theoretically in front of me. Um, yeah. Um, because. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this time that we've had. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Thanks for listening, okay. everybody. So we've got some. I think we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. I think that's yeah. just yeah. good. Solid. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of extra fun at the end is we want to give a shout out to 
Marilyn, be good, my love, for rating and reviewing us. Thank you so much. Um, for anyone else, after you listen, please do rate and review us if what we say resonates with you because maybe there are other people out there that can discover some healing through what Karen and I are trying to do right with everybody at large. So yeah. um, thank you for sharing and helping get the word out. Yeah. Thanks, Marilyn. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, for personalized in-depth tarot straight from the heart, contact me, Karen, on Instagram at shiny sparkly witch. Or you can check out my Facebook at Karen Lee Cacciatore. I offer collective tarot readings on Tuesdays and live Oracle Wisdom lunchtime on Fridays on Instagram and Facebook. So come hang out with me. Yay! <laughs> and those two services she just offered, just offered I want to give a shout out that those are um, generosity based and they're free. Yes. So you can receive healing. And she's got yes. some other services that are bomb that you might want to look into. Oh, you're so for sweet. For a little monetary Thanks, exchange honey. after that. <laughs> um, and for me, you know, my work is really centered around, like, if you're feeling stuck or wondering what is next for you in life and career and family and relationship, um, I am here to talk about that and unpack it. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at... Rochelle Rapaski, um, or on Facebook under the same name. You can find Karen and I both to the work we do together on Facebook at co excavating the collective, or you can PM or email us at co dot excavating dot collective at Gmail. And I think that's it. That's it. <gasps> Thank you. Have like a beautiful, wonderful day. Take some time to relax and process. And And find your pause. Find your pause. (laughs) Drink your waters. And lovingly wash your dishes. Boom.